Good afternoon and welcome to the Snake River Lib Podcast. What date is it? It's the 26th Boxing Day of December, Monday. Welcome. I don't even know where to begin today. This uh, uh, I do. Kerry Lake's uh, lawsuit against uh, Maricopa County. Uh, the judge ruled against her, and that really is no surprise, even though she presented certainly more than sufficient evidence to convince most legal observers that it was a slam dunk, uh, that something should happen as a result of the mishandling of ballots by Maricopa County in the state of Arizona. Um, when you 48% of your ballots are invalid that they were allowed to count, that doesn't bode well for the county. The judge said, of course, that overturning an election, uh, a judge overturning an election is just not something to do. Uh, so they copped out on it. She plans on appealing, but I'm not sure that they're going to go anywhere with that. And so once again, the progressives who argued after the 2020 election that no court has accepted the arguments will continue to say the same thing in regards to Cary Lake and Arizona. That's rather unfortunate. Twitter files. There's a couple things about that. Jonathan Turley, uh, not a conservative. In fact, he's a progressive, but he is a constitutional law professor. Um, has essentially said that the FBI has a lot to um, answer for in their actions uh, regarding Twitter and civil rights. That by censoring Twitter, by giving Twitter direction, um, the FBI essentially set, you know, they did an end run around your freedom of speech and had somebody else do it. We also know that they had hamstrung significantly all through the Trump presidency, um, the FBI, uh, the Trump presidency, and that they withheld critical information um, through Twitter and other social media. Now, that's the thing is we don't actually have any kind of whistleblowing going on with Google, you know, which runs the search engine as well as YouTube, etc., and uh, Facebook. Even though Mark Zuckerberg has said that Facebook, that the FBI did condition Facebook regarding um, the forthcoming Hunter Biden laptop story, and I think condition is right. I mean, this is the, the FBI uh, took propaganda to a whole new level, or rather, they they let Twitter take propaganda to a whole new level, and they were used by the FBI, again, to, to um, affect, essentially, the 2020 election. I mean, there's not any way, other way to put it than that. Am I, you know, I mean, as far as what happens in 2024, I think that Republicans, uh, well, I might talk about that here in a little bit. I, I want to finish handling uh, Twitter files. By the way, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you did have a Merry Christmas Day, recognizing the two, true purpose um, for what we are celebrating when we celebrate Christmas, the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ.
Um, more Twitter files dropped today. These actually are in regard to uh, little Lord Fauci and how they manipulated or used Twitter to manipulate and to suspend several different uh, doctors, organizations, etc. that questioned the official narrative, both from the Trump administration. Now, when I say it's from the Trump administration, what I mean is that it's the Department of Health and Human Services, which none of those were really, in effect, under control of uh, the Trump White House. We, we, we see that very clearly in the Department of Justice, but I have no doubt that even though there may have been a Trump, there may have been Trump appointees atop of HHS, they in no way were being controlled by those appointees. Anyway, uh, the latest Twitter files to drop go into just skim the surface, promising more next week regarding how HHS or Fauci or NIH or whichever group was able to use Twitter and actually in these files there is evidence um, presented that Facebook, Google, etc. were also in on some of these meetings and what were they trying to do? They were trying to do a couple things. First, to squash any idea that this was a lab leaked virus even though they thought uh, there was evidence very early on that it likely was. That's probably the big thing. Um, but also, in regards to the um, supply chain issues and shortages, that they worked very hard to try to perpetuate certain lies to keep people from uh, doing a mad rush and, and hoarding supplies didn't work out very well. Um, but when it comes to the information that people received, I think that nobody can argue that Twitter et al. had a huge impact on availability of information. I mean, there's just not any other way to to state it than that that the, that those organizations, which is what how people communicate primarily today, is through social media. Yes, there's plenty of phone calls. There's plenty of but where do people get their news? And where does the news get their news? You know, when the word goes out that we're not talking about a lab leak, what happens? Everything goes silent. And a perfect example of that is to, not to go back, but the, the Hunter Biden laptop that was, that the FBI had received in December of 2019, so they knew that it was authentic. And yet, in August of 2020, they knew that Giuliani was uh, talking to people about the laptop and about the information on the laptop. And yet, what did the FBI do? They started conditioning Twitter and Facebook so that when the story actually came out, they knew what to do. And what happened? Well, it's very clear. Um, 
polling after the election showed that 17 percent of the people that voted for Joe Biden, which would be roughly, I'm not very good at math, but we'll call it 15 million people. Uh, We'll call it 12 million people. 12 million people said that they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known what was potentially on that laptop. And so what happened? Because, so you had the New York Post, fourth largest newspaper in America, the oldest newspaper in America, had the story, had the New York Post's entire Twitter account suspended because that's what Twitter did. And so what happened? Everyone got their cue. There is no Hunter Biden laptop story. NPR said, asked, you know, they said people asked that and they said, well, there is no story here. Even though, again, the FBI knew that the laptop was was authentic. And yet they intentionally misled the social media, which in turn, because of social media actions, everyone else went dead silent on it. And so people did not know what a crook candidate Joe Biden was and how he used his office in vice, as a vice president to, or rather he used his son as the, as the, um, you know, to avoid him doing it, used Hunter to rake in millions of dollars for the Biden family while he was vice president facilitating those meetings. All of that's there on the laptop. All of it has been authenticated and yet there's no investigation and there's no investigation still. But it's a perfect example of how social media not only does social media control the media, the, the obviously their websites, but even mainstream media take their cues from them. We'll be right back. And we are back. I wanted to talk a little bit about the disarray that the Republican Party has become. They passed their um, 18 Republicans, many of whom are leaving the Senate, but not all, and some are surprising, uh, voted for the omnibus bill that got them out of town. First, I want to talk about the House, when the House passed it after the Senate did. The, uh, the House, when they passed the omnibus, there was not even a quorum physically present to do so. Most of the members had already gone home so even if there had been wanted to have been a debate regarding aspects of that bill, it couldn't have happened because Nancy Pelosi was holding proxy votes for a number of Democrats. Sadly, eight Republicans from the House, most of whom are the usual suspects, um, voted for the omnibus as well. Uh, certain senators, uh, Cotton, Senator Cotton, which is inexplicable to me, um, 
Senator Graham. Senator Graham is easy to understand. He's a warmonger. Um, so any opportunity for there to be war, Senator Graham's on board. Uh, Senator Cotton, maybe that's why he voted for it too. Normally he's on the right side of things when it comes to limited government, etc. But he certainly was not on the right side of this one. Which brings me to the issue of what is the, what is what is the end game here, strategically? Um, Ukraine uh, still fighting, perhaps are gaining ground. Um, you know, retaking territory that the Russians were holding. Ultimately, what's happened? Ukraine has become an empty shell. It's become a bombed out nation that cannot feed itself, that cannot make anything. And so Zelensky was in the United States last week, addressed the joint session of Congress. And what did he say? That 47 billion that was part of the omnibus that he's going to get isn't enough. Now, I, in all fairness, you know, the United States and Britain signed a treaty with Ukraine that if they would give up their nuclear weapons that the United States and Britain would be there for them. And we weren't. Most of that you can attribute to the fact that Biden has no spine when it comes to advancing American interests overseas. And everyone saw it in Afghanistan. Everyone knows. Putin certainly knows. Um, Rocket Man over in North Korea knows. And no one knows it better than the Chinese who, whether Biden has a spine or not, doesn't matter because he is owned by the Chinese. And you have to wonder if, if, if the Chinese have a role in this whole Ukraine-Russia deal. Because what's happening as a result of this war? The United States is using up armaments because we're shipping these armaments over to Ukraine. Russia is, is spending their best and brightest, both of manpower as well as equipment, against the Ukrainians, leaving them in a weakened state. Now, Putin right now thinks that he and Xi are buddies, but let me tell you, when it comes to the Chinese, ultimately they're going to think that no one is their buddy. You know, yes, we're buddies right up until... We don't have to be. Kind of like Hitler and Stalin. You know, the non-aggression pact, which worked right up until Hitler invaded Russia. And make no mistake, Xi is very well aware of that. And the Chinese don't play a short game. They play a long game. So what do they do? Because of the limitations on Russian oil in the Western world, my guess is that they're getting a pretty good discount from the Russians for their oil. <coughs> Well, the United States has shut down oil production in, in, in the U.S. Or rather, denied the increase of or expansion of oil production in the United States. There's a shortage on the market. I guarantee you there's not a shortage in China. I mean, besides the fact that they use coal anyway, so coal, oil doesn't matter. You know they're they're using coal like nobody's business as are as is India.
because they're not included in the whole Paris thing. Western nations have the luxury of going around and saying, we're going to shut down this, we're going to shut down that. You know, they tell South Africa, we're going to give you $8 billion if you start shutting down, you know, your fossil fuel operation. And of course, yeah, we'll take the money. Now, whether or not they actually shut it down or not but is a different thing. But even if they did, you know, who, who's going to care? Do you think that the rich are going to suffer from that? No. Do you think, do you think that the, the millions that live in Africa that have little if any access to electricity, clean water, etc., now are going to have even less access to any of those things because wind and solar are too expensive for nations like that. Plus the fact that their leaders are getting paid off by the West to not use fossil fuels. And so it's the poor that's hurt the most, and in particular the poor people of color whether in South Central America, whether in Africa, they are the ones most adversely impacted. Can't believe I used it. Impacted as a verb. They they feel the worst impact from our holier than thou attitudes regarding fossil fuel. Fossil fuel for power generation, particularly for third world countries where where. You know, you can build a power plant, you know, and the infrastructure is a lot less than having to set up solar farms or wind farms. Much less. But yet, they're not going to build it because the rich in those nations are getting richer and the poor just have to suffer. But that's typical. Um, in the progressive's viewpoint. You know, they don't care. You know, they want everybody to be the same, except for them, of course. And so, as we go forward, you know, you're going to see much more suffering in those nations than, than is going on right now. But Republicans, Republicans need to really have a come to Reagan moment to use their, their icon. What they really need is a come to Coolidge moment. You know, the Republicans in the Senate sold out the House, sold out every one of their voters which could explain why people are so lukewarm about vote, voting in a Senate Republican majority. I guarantee you that Mitch McConnell would rather be the minority leader than be the majority leader with people that are Make America Great supporters or America First. One last thing. Um, Florida Supreme Court has allowed to go forward the Florida uh, the state investigation in, in Florida to Pfizer and Moderna regarding their uh, development of the vaccines 
and potential liability issues for that as far as the testing and 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 what was done now technically there's there are limited immunities but we don't know that that actually is going to apply at the state level but the courts have allowed that to go forward much to the consternation of Pfizer and Moderna no doubt we're going to wrap it up here it's the snake river lib my life matters is yours have a great day